Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you in a crazy-making relationship? Feel anxious, angry, and unsafe? Welcome to Save Your Sanity. Insight, skills, strategies, and inspiration for emerging empowered from toxic relationships and breaking the bonds of emotional abuse. Keep listening. We'll figure a few things out. Toxic shame. You've probably heard those words. They don't sound good. There's nothing good about them. But hijackals, narcissists, and other hijackals, they live under a constant threat of toxic shame And so they want you to as well. And so this is why they keep pushing you to feel more and more worthless, or they attempt to push you to feel worthless. It's why you can't do anything right. It's why everything has to be your fault. And it's based in this concept of toxic shame. So understanding it becomes enlightening to do something about it. So that's the topic for this evening. Why narcissists need you to feel worthless. They have a high reactivity to anything that they perceive as a slight or a criticism or a suggestion that they're not perfect. And so that keeps you walking on eggshells because you don't want to be the one who is perceived as delivering the slight or delivering the criticism, or suggesting that they're anything less than perfect. You know so well that a hijackal cannot allow themselves to have any flaws. You know, it's a very deep, deeply rooted thing in them. And that thing you did, remember I tell you so frequently, you didn't break them, you can't fix them. It's not something that you did or you could make up for but they have this very deep concern for perfectionism or being seen as without flaw. Even if they don't need to be seen as perfect, they need to be seen as unblemished and unflawed. So when you get into the realm of toxic shame, it sits right there. And hijackals, they have this greater threat perception and it creates a greater sense of defensiveness And my colleague, Dr. Ramani, talks about that. They have this threat um, all the time. They're always on guard for it. What did you mean? Why did you say that? Are you saying that? You know, they're always digging to find uh, a reason to tell you that you are shaming them. And that's very built in. It's very built in. You didn't build it in, but it is very built in. Does that make sense to you? As you start thinking about a hijackal parent or a hijackal partner or a hijackal sibling or an in-law, perhaps, that all of a sudden they seem to be on guard that you are trying to hurt them or you are trying to catch them off guard. And they become super wary and very blamey. <laughs> and that's very common to them. Now, shame I wanted to give you a really strong definition. It's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness 
of wrong or foolish behavior. Well, a hijackal is never going to admit to wrong or foolish behavior. So therefore, what has to happen? It has to come back to being your fault. And that cycle is what I'm sure you know very well if you're listening to this podcast, because everything comes back to being your fault. Even the weather doesn't really matter, does it? Because they can't have fault. And you wonder, do narcissistic people really feel shame? Do they consciously feel shame? Well, the answer is yes, but they never admit it. They stay well away from even engaging with that idea because they will not admit it. But instead of admitting it, you know what they do. They project it. And you are the likely recipient of that projection. And that's where everything goes off the rails quickly. Because ordinary shame, you know, we're embarrassed. We're humiliated. I made a mistake. Ooh, I wish I hadn't said that. Or, oh, I shouldn't have spoken behind that person's back. Or I did tell a little lie. You're kind of shamed. You did something wrong, maybe immoral, maybe not up to your values. But toxic shame is something that is so heavy, so insidious, it just weighs on you till you only think in terms of extremes, which is I am worthless. And a hijackal needs you to feel worthless because they don't want to believe there's anything within them that would be worthless. They just can't entertain the idea. So toxic shame becomes very pervasive. Instead of I did a bad thing, it becomes I am bad, right? And that that is a big distinction I'm going to speak more about so that we understand those differences because this toxic shame, this pervasive nature of it, it, it's a position you're in. You know, you're coming from the position of thinking of yourself as worthless, And then if you're with someone who wants you to think of yourself as worthless, they'll keep pushing that agenda. Is that making sense? Has that happened to you? And in the beginning, you thought, oh, I can do better. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, silly me. Oh, that was thoughtless. And then they start telling you you're thoughtless, telling you you're silly, then telling you you do it all the time. And there's no good in you. And even if you do something good, you should have done it earlier or better. And it just snowballs and it becomes truly intense and long lasting. You know, you can never get out of it, can you? You make a mistake and you hear about it forever because shaming is what hijackals do. They cannot ever forget what you do, but they forget in an instant what they do. That's kind of crazy making. Absolutely, for sure. And not only is it long-lasting, they want you to have a pervasive sense of being inadequate. That no matter what you do, you can never fully measure up. And if you measure up here, you must fall flat over here. They can't allow you that spaciousness and that good. So when you're raised by one, it's really hard to get a running start at life. And then if you're raised by one, you're likely to move on and be in a romantic relationship with one because it's so familiar. 
So the toxic shame perpetuates. And we want to be really careful about that because we take on the inner dialogue. We become our own worst inner critics by taking on the critical aspect of a hijackal parent or the critical nature of a hijackal partner. And we start running it in our own head about ourselves if we don't do something with the contents of this podcast, for instance, or we don't see the pervasive nature of a hijackal relationship and what it does to us. So the inner critic really takes over. We get, in fact, a whole inner courtroom that is um, telling us we're guilty, we're guilty, we deserve to feel shame. And so hijackals try to avoid toxic shame. Um, so do everybody <laughs> who has any sense. We don't want toxic shame, but nobody likes to feel shame because we feel less than. We feel like we let ourselves down. We feel like we let other people down. And oh, who but a hijackal is going to be delighted to jump in and tell you how you let them down. Now, I was working with a client earlier today who is leaving a hijackal partner. And the partner's only hue and cry was, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me. Look what you're doing to me, right? Toxic, toxic, toxic. There was no us. There was no, can we do something? Can we make it right? Could I, could I change my behavior? Could I suggest we get help? Oh, no. You owe me and look what you're doing to me and you're tearing the family apart and it's all your fault, all your fault, all your fault. So that toxic shame starts to play out in every possible way. And as you're listening to this podcast, you may have experienced this. You may understand exactly what I'm talking about, that it's a, it's a thing on repeat. You hear it all the time. You just think, oh, things are going well. No, they take a tumble for the worst. Now, if this is something you want to talk about with me, you can go to beaclient.com and take advantage of my one-time, one-hour special offer at beaclient.com, and we can talk. Because if this is happening to you, or it happened to you and you had a hijackal parent, it is even more likely to happen to you in a relationship with a hijackal adult. And we want to really understand that cycle and know what to do about it. So we have these pieces of the puzzle and we wanna make sure that we examine each one of them. Um, so how do you know if you have toxic shame? Now, these are just a bunch of things I'm just gonna throw out there. They're not in any particular order or percentage of knowing. But if you have several of them, it's likely that you have at least experienced toxic shame. And the first one is that you would have pervasive low self-esteem. You wouldn't think highly of yourself. And you would have many ways of showing that you, you know, are, are not up to much. And the conversation in your head would always be telling you that. Another way would be you'd be um, often depressed often feeling small, often feeling compressed, often feeling um, that nobody wants to hear what you have to say. You might have high anxiety or a generalized anxiety because you're constantly watching for 
who's going to hit me with their words? Who's going to give me a blow? Who's going to tell me I'm worthless? And that could be happening. You could have sleep issues, sleeping all the time or not falling asleep at all. Could be very disordered. You could have eating disorders, eat too much, not eat enough, actually have an eating disorder where you binge and do all the things that people who are demonstrating a certain degree of desire for control in their life that they don't have use but punish themselves with. You could have um, digestive issues, chronic digestive issues. You're always in a state of discomfort, always in a state of uncertainty with your digestion. Or you could um, have um, substance abuse issues, or you could find yourself in truly negative codependent state where you're looking for the approval of everybody, whether or not you like them or not, or you approve of them or not. Uh, you just want someone to tell you you're okay and that you're worthwhile. So that's how it kind of shows up. But if you had a narcissistic parent, then you had a shaming parent. If you have a narcissistic partner, you have a shaming partner. And that's what they have to do in order to feel better about themselves. Now, that's quite the thing to think about. Somebody has to shame you in order to feel better about themselves. That's quite destructive. And it's really unhealthy. So it becomes super important to see because narcissists fear and despise their shame, so they won't deal with it. They pass it on to you through projection. Now, projection is when a person fears something is true about themselves and they reject it, so then they say, no, you're the one with that problem. You know, I don't want to think about my having it. That is completely untenable. I am. I have to be perfect. I have to justify my perfection. So therefore, it must be your problem. You are the one who causes all the problems, right? So it's like going back to that client I mentioned earlier, when the partner says, you are ruining the relationship because you don't want my hijackal body as your partner any longer. You're ruining the relationship. Now, I have nothing to do with me. You're ruining the relationship. You're the rejecting one. You're the one with the problem. And you would be very familiar with that if you have been in these relationships, which I'm sure you have or you wouldn't be listening to me. And if you're not ready to work one-on-one -on -one with me, know that there's another way. You could go to joinintoday.com and be part of my Emerging Empowered community. And as part of that community, you receive all kinds of extra goodies all the time. But the big feature is every member has the opportunity to join three group Ask Me Anything calls a month, just as part of your membership. So go to joinintoday.com. Lots of ways to talk about these things. So if what I'm saying is ringing a bell for you, or sadly, having you recognize a pattern that you really don't want to continue with, let's talk one way or the other. Beaclient.com or joinintoday.com. Um, <clears throat> because when you're with somebody who has toxic shame, and narcissists have it, 
They have lots of it. They want to share it. And they want to share it with you because they need you to feel worse than they feel. And you might think they feel great, but they never feel great. They may behave as though they feel great, but they're always acting. Not your problem. <laughs> but know that, that if you are the unlucky recipient of their misplaced toxic shame, you need to sidestep that. You need to say, oh, no, you're not going to give that to me. I'm not taking that on. I am not your beast of burden. I am not the donkey that's going to carry that up the hill for you. No. And you may have to drop it. You may have to just say, no, I'm not accepting that. I'm not taking that on. That's not going to be part of the equation of myself. I refuse. I set that down. And that'll be very startling to the hijackal, to the narcissistic person. You know, I created the term hijackal so we would have a non-diagnostic term. And we wouldn't have to talk about anything to do with the diagnosis. And a hijackal to me is a person who hijacks a relationship for their own needs and purposes and then relentlessly scavenges the relationship for power, status, and control. That's all we need to know. People who have the traits of people who scavenge relationships for power, status, and control. These are hijackals. And once we recognize their patterns, and I've done hundreds of videos, so the patterns are explained. <clears throat> Believe it. Believe it. Don't, don't give them the benefit of the doubt in an ongoing way. And that's a big major thing for people to be able to say, oh, well, they don't mean it. Or, oh, they're going through a tough time. I'm not going to be hard on them now. No, be good to yourself. Notice the patterns and say no thank you. It's a big deal, a really big deal. Um, and everything will be your fault until you begin to do that. It'll still be your fault, but you'll know better. You won't take it on because narcissistic people, they, they have unacknowledged toxic shame. So they behave shamelessly. You know, they'll say and do the most outrageous things and they just behave shamelessly while they're totally lacking in compassion. You are in bits and pieces and they're not interested. They're looking at their phone or they're telling you that they have something more important to do or they're, they're raging because they don't know what else to do. And I've said so many times, I hope you always think about this, that when you scratch or in some way threaten a hijackal, all you find is a, a very wounded, tantruming four to seven-year-old. That's the emotional nature that they present when they think that you might think they are less than wonderful or that you might think that they have a fault and they can't stand it, so they throw a tantrum. But if you think about the, the three to seven-year-olds that you know and the ones that you've seen at the checkout and the grocery store throwing a tantrum because they're not getting candy, there's a big similarity there, isn't there? It's the way they work. That's the way they are. And so the other thing they'll do after the rage is they, they will behave with entitled grandiosity 
you know, you should do what I want. I'm the only person that matters. I'm running the show. And again, back to that client from this morning, that client heard from the partner that is being left that I am going to be in control of this situation. The person actually said that. They said it. I am going to be in control of this relationship from now on. How overt is that? How hijackly is that? It actually happened. So a narcissist big person doesn't admit their shame because that would be a flaw. I'm feeling badly. I have something to feel badly about. They're not going to admit that. But they project it. They project it onto you. And then if you pick up what they're laying down, you are now the proud recipient of projected shame. And I hope that by listening to this episode, you are going to say, hmm, now I know what that is. I'm going to leave it where it lies. I'm not picking up what they're putting down anymore. I don't want that. And it's a bad equation because the more the narcissist is damaged, the more they want you to be damaged and feel worthless. So that is a very poor equation that will never be resolved to equality. So facing um, our shame is necessary to creating healthy, meaningful, and intimate relationships. And hijackals don't do that. They don't create healthy, meaningful, and intimate relationships. They may future fake. They may sort of promise or suggest they're going to or suggest they're going to do and engage in some component of a healthy relationship, but they won't. That's future faking. And if you haven't looked extensively into future faking, I suggest that you do. I have done a a couple of episodes on it, so you can look that up. And you've heard me say from the infamous episode 115, the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. You can never have a healthy adult relationship unless both parties are willing to bring equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And when you're with a hijackal, you cannot have mutuality. Therefore, you cannot have true intimacy. You can't. You're always in danger of being taken advantage of or ridden over or worn down or torn down or put down. It's always to your disadvantage. And that's a pattern that needs to be clearly seen. So I want to point out the difference between guilt and shame. And it's simply this. Guilty is I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I did something. But shame is I am a mistake. Guilt is I made a mistake. Shame is I am a mistake. How many things has a hijackal parent or partner said to you to give you the impression that you are a mistake? Hijackal parents say things like, I brought you in, I can take you out. I don't know who you think you are. What makes you think you have the right to ask for anything? You are a mistake. A hijackal partner will do the same thing. Very important to see the distinctions. Very important to 
recognize I no longer am going to be picking up what they're putting down. Now I see it. It's toxic. I'm not putting my hands on that. It'll take some practice, but it's so, so very important. Um, have you ever felt that distinction? Guilty, I made a mistake. Shame, I am a mistake. And if you have, can you allow someone to make a mistake? Can you allow yourself to make a mistake without shaming yourself into being a mistake? I remember the first time that I was with a and aware of being in a much healthier relationship. I was off doing a seminar with a, with a gentleman, and we'd been in a relationship for a while, and we... We were at the hotel doing the seminar. We went back to where we stayed. I found I didn't have the key to the house in my pocket where it had been. And I thought, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning and I've lost the key. This is terrible. All he said was, where did you have it last? Let's retrace our steps. We went and retraced the steps. We found the key. We went home. There was no shaming. And I remember it sticking out in my mind so much that there was no shame, there was no blame, there was no criticism. Just how can we solve this problem? So refreshing. Such a departure from things that I had experienced as a child or experienced previously in a hijackal relationship. And maybe you have too. So it's important to do it. Because can the parent or partner in your life allow you just to make a mistake and then have it pass? Or does it have to be written in the record of your life to be revisited on a regular basis? Because that's shaming. It's not guilty of something. That is taking it to a whole new level of shaming. And it's important to see that. Hijackals deal with shame by avoiding it and blaming and projecting. They're dodging and weaving. They're not going to let any of that get on them, but they're very happy to project it onto you and dump on you on a regular basis and to keep you feeling that sense of worthlessness. Now, I hope you haven't descended to anywhere near worthlessness, but I'm using that as the extreme example of what toxic shame is all about. And if a hijackal doesn't take you down, then they'll just raise the toxicity level and try to take you down in other ways. So that becomes super important to see because the more shame, the less potential for intimacy. And here you are hoping to be in an emotionally intimate relationship where you can share and you can grow together. You can accommodate one another. You can have equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And this person is dedicated to shaming you. And the more shame, the less potential for intimacy. No wonder these things go sideways. No wonder you start to beat yourself up because you're being told all the time it's your fault. So when we take these four healthy steps back, back far enough to see the bigger picture, to see the patterns, traits, and cycles, then we begin to say, oh, now that I've backed up, 
and I'm not nosy and just reacting to what's going on every minute, I can see that that happens. And the way that that happens is not okay. And I don't want it anymore. Because a hijackle thinks if they lose control of you, that equals more shame on them. But the actual fact is they lose control of themselves. And when that happens, it has to be your fault. So this toxic shame just builds and builds and builds. And it's, it's like hanging all over things. It's, it's, it's detriment. It's damage. It's detritus. It, it's their way of, of maintaining or hoping to maintain some control over you because you are there hoping for their approval, hoping for their validation, hoping to be seen or known or loved by them. And they make a practice of withholding that from you to show you who's boss, who's powerful. And then they take it to the next level and they take you down lower than they feel themselves in order to vindicate themselves. And now you are the one who is the recipient of the hijackle's toxic shame. Now, if that all makes sense to you, I hope that you will take some time to think about Hmm, where is this coming from? And do I want to make a change? Because it's important to see that this is an unhealthy pattern. And if you're participating in it, you might want to change that. Because it won't get any better until you get better. And that's the truth about hijackles. You didn't break them. You can't fix them. But always remember our mantra, ABB, always believe behavior. So as you think about the ways they've behaved in light of what I've had to say in this episode, and you believe it, then you now know that they are dedicated to visiting their own toxic shame on you. And I hope you will stand up and say, no more, no more. I am not accepting it, I'm not tolerating it, and I have a boundary, it must stop. I know that's easy for me to say, it's more difficult to do, but please start. Because you're precious, and you matter, and until we speak again, treat yourself that way. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some insights, ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with $1 or $5 each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Also, learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my Emerging Empowered community, subscribe to this podcast, find my books, all by visiting EmergingEmpowered.com. Talk soon.